0: We're on a series um, that's vaguely called, or loosely called, Issues of Life. And uh, it's something I want to speak into this morning. It's something that um, I felt um, Holy Spirit just gave me some um, three weeks ago. And uh, knowing that I was due to speak this morning, I wanted to just... uh, to share on that. Um, if you've got a Bible or an iPad or whatever you read your Bible on, would you like to hold it up for me, please? Might be your phone, might be your tablet, or. Okay. Okay. Father, your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. This word, Father, is sharp. It's active. And we give you permission, Holy Spirit, this morning to wield this word in my life. I give myself freedom to be able to hear and respond to your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Good. That's better. Limbered up a bit. Limbering up, limbering up. Good. I want to speak... um, I've given it a title, which is Bearing Fruit, Honoring Father. Um, I've been reading for quite a while, actually. I've pretty much finished, but four chapters, uh, is it four? One, two, it might be, yeah. John 14 to John 18, which is the discourse that Jesus had with his disciples before the cross. Um, And I've just been so blessed again reading it. And perhaps unsurprisingly, what, comes out, what, what really comes out of that is this word that I want to bring to you. So I want to start with John 15. Now, there's two slides here. This is the first one. If you want to follow it in your Bible, you can do so. It's on the screen. John 15. This is Jesus speaking. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, or some versions say he cleans, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself, it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Great words. Really straightforward. Uh, One of the things I I like about these particular chapters is Jesus was being really straightforward. I think at one point Thomas said to Jesus, Now you're not speaking in parables. Now I can understand. (laughs) And this was really clear. You know, Papa Father, our Heavenly Father, wants us to be fruitful. And he wants to, st- he wants to make sure that we're equipped to bear fruit. It's really important that, that we understand and grasp hold of this, that as a follower of Jesus, connected to the vine, we receive all the nutrients that we need for healthy growth. You know, we can, it's useful to go get things from other places, but being in Jesus is the crucial thing. We get everything we need to bear fruit by being connected into Jesus. You know, we're a branch. If you think, I'm sure you've, you've seen vines. Many of you will have seen vines. Um, I remember seeing one uh, on a family holiday in this. we were down, um, I think we were, Provence actually it was south France somewhere you remember that vine that was growing across in front of the house it was it would be there for tens of years it was really well established um, and just um, the strength of the what I would call the, the stems all intertwined because it wasn't like a, a cultivated one where they chop it down every year And um, but Jesus was saying there is a there is helpfulness and necessary for us to be pruned and clean that we may bear fruit. Because as gardeners amongst us will know, if you don't do that, you don't produce good flowers and good fruit. You produce a lot of stem, which is where all the nutrients go, but there's no fruit because it's not, it's not cut back enough. One of the things, it's kind of, kind of strange really, but when you think about a vine or we think about any tree, a fruit tree, they don't strain to produce fruit. They don't sort of, you know, it's September, it's I'm going to produce fruit. Fruit is natural. Fruit grows because they're in good soil. They've got a good flow from us through the stem and into the branches and, and the, the fruit is produced. And Jesus saying He's the, he's the root and the trunk, as it were, and we are the branches that produce the fruit. And one of the things that struck me as I was reading this was, was this. He says, as we bear much fruit, we show ourselves to be his disciples. Verse 7. So if I can turn that round... If you're a disciple of Jesus, that means you should bear much fruit and it should be natural for you to bear fruit. Yeah? It should be natural. It should be a process of who we are and how we live our lives. It shouldn't be a strain. We should naturally exhibit fruit. So, what does fruit look like? Well, here's some grapes. What colour are grapes? And what shape are they? And what do they taste like? Any offers? Green or black? They're sweet, sometimes they're not. They're round. <laughs> you might think this is... Okay. A bit more tricky, this one. The strawberry. Colour is red when they're ripe. Shape is... Strawberry shaped, yeah, I thought you'd say that. (laughs) I knew that was coming. I was hoping that some great intellectual individual would give me a definition of that shape. But heart shaped, okay. Yeah. Okay. What do strawberries taste like? (laughs) No celebrating, please. Okay, let's try another one. A pear. What color can pears be? green or red it's quite common this isn't it what shapes a pear a balloon <laughs> a pear shaped yes that's right what do pears taste like they should taste sweet <laughs> ok I've got another light yeah colour of a banana normally yellow you can eat them green wouldn't have, I don't like green bananas, but I understand that in certain places of the world, when they're really ripe, they, they fry them and dip them in chocolate with the skins on. That's interesting. Okay. What shapes a banana? Let we go again. <laughs> Come on, there must be a mathematical equation for a shape of a banana. A what? Half moon. Okay. <laughs> Bananas taste like a banana. Okay, I'll just zip through these. This one's, this this one might be easier for you. It's a starfruit. What shape is a starfruit? <laughs> I wonder why that's why it's called a the starfruit. They're kind of interesting taste, aren't they? Well, oh, I think the last one. Is this the last one? Some of you love pineapple. <laughs> what shapes are pineapple? Oval, that's a good one, yeah. It's a really interesting fruit, isn't it? Now, the purpose of all of that is God created fruits that are different shapes, sizes, tastes. And I believe he creates fruit in us that's different shapes, sizes, tastes. Um... Because he he's a multivaried God. You know, he's not... He, his expression of himself is very varied. And I that's the way of Fruits of the Spirit. If you look at Fruits of the Spirit, each has a particular shape or a color or a taste or an experience reflecting his multi, multivaried character and personality. Because... <clears throat> We, you know, it's a, it really... I, I'm still learning this. It's really important that we don't think of uh, of God as we might think of ourselves as like, well, he's an extrovert or she's an introvert. We, God is all of those things. <laughs> We're just made in his image. Now, I don't know what that really looks like. I don't know how you could be extroverted and introverted at the same time. But that doesn't matter. That's God's... You know, that's God. That's. But, you see, the fruits... Will exhibit different things at different times and different occasions let's read Galatians chapter five and then i'm going to um, i'm going to sort of press on to a particular fruit i 'll read this anyway so that um, it's good to read out loud the word of god isn 't it? it's it's you know important to do that so this is Galatians five Uh, 16 through to 26. Again, there's two slides. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. Oh dear. And And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature wants or desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. Let me just explain that. In other words, when you are led by the Spirit, you do what is right, so you live righteously. Okay? You're not under compulsion to a set of rules, which is the law of Moses, which produces condemnation okay so read that again Um, when you are directed by the spirit you're not under obligation to a set of rules but you're free to live and do what is right okay when you follow the desires of your sinful nature the results are very clear now i've chosen um, um, a, uh, a translation here i think it's the new living translation which is, I thought it was helpful just to try and bring the words as much up to date as possible. Okay, so we've got um, sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarrelling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, it's a good list, isn't it? Envy, drunkenness, and wild parties and other sins like these. It's kind of a depressing list, really. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that no one living that sort of life will enter the kingdom of God. That's pretty clear. <laughs> okay. But the Holy Spirit, this is the good news, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Sorry, I've got to uh, move on. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, kindness, patience, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. There is no law against these things. See, Paul's contrasting the law of freedom with the law of condemnation. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. (laughs) Wow. Let me just make something clear because as I was preparing this, I thought, well, uh, we need to keep a right balance here. God is not anti-joy, he's not anti-sex and he's not anti-pleasure. Okay? Because you could read that list and say, "Well, that's sort of not great news. It's actually quite the contrary, which I'll come on. To. but Jesus was the most joyful person that ever lived. It says in, this, in the Bible that he, he had the oil of joy more than his fellow men and women. And we have Jesus, King Jesus in heaven who I believe is now the most, most joyful person in heaven. <laughs> so it's not that God is anti-joy. He just wants us to live rightly because he knows that's the best way to live. I want to say something else as well. Uh, he created us with drives, passions and ambitions and appetites. The issue is that we control them. And we don't pervert them or twist them. Now when he made, when he made, when he finished making men and women, Adam and Eve, he said, he looked on it and it was good. So the drives and the ambitions and the appetites and, the, and, and so on that, that we we have it's not that they're bad god said they're good he made us with these things which is and i find it very interesting the antidote to that first list that that paul wrote the antidote are the fruits of the spirit if you want an injection against a virus what they actually do is they produce, these days they manufacture it, used to be, you had a live dose, nowadays they manufacture a dose of an antidote. So if you want an antidote to something that, that burns in you that you know is not, is not a good passion or has been twisted in some way, you need a fruit of the spirit as an injection to kill off or crucify that's to use the word that, that Paul uses. To crucify that which is driving you, which is out of proportion. Yeah? You with me? Okay? So I'm going on holiday tomorrow. <laughs> I'm leaving the country. <laughs> See, what, what, how God created us, it was beautiful. It is beautiful. It's amazing. And it's great to live as he wants us to live, rightly, because it's the best way. It's a beautiful way to live. Um, I think I've got this slide up, but no, I don't think I have. Um, Yes, I have. I just want to talk about temptation as well, because I think that's, that's fitting in a talk like this. James chapter 1, verse 13 to 15. Let no one say when he's tempted, I'm tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. Well, that's clear as well. God does not tempt you, doesn't tempt me. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and he is enticed. This, when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it has fully grown, brings forth death. I feel as though I need a joke here, but I haven't got one. <laughs> okay? Just follow through with me. Temptation is defined by what is in our hearts. That's what it says. Let no one say blah, blah, blah. And then it says, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. It's what... It's defined by what's in our hearts. If what is in our hearts, Satan knows he can get his finger in and weasel around... (laughs) and flick that switch, then it's, it's what's in our hearts. Okay? You see, you, see, you could say, well, why doesn't God, why, why does God allow me to be tempted? Surely he can step in and take control. Well, first of all, yes, he could. But secondly, we were also created with a free will. And getting control of our free will is called maturity. Or one aspect of it is a mature walk in Christ. And he, I believe he, you know, there are times when he allows us to step into environments and situations that exposes what's in our hearts so that we say to God and we cry out to God, God, I need more more of yourself in my life, more fruit in my life. You know, another injection is what we need. So let me just talk, uh, and I'll just spend five, five or so minutes on this. I want to talk about the last in that list of fruits. It's not one I've ever heard. I don't think, maybe I have, but I can't remember. I haven't heard it preached on self-control. You know, I'd love to talk about love or joy or peace, but I really felt Holy Spirit wanted me to, to talk about self-control. Strong's Concordance, which f- f- if you haven't, ever heard it is a, um, one of the things that Strong's Concordance does is takes the, the what is the Greek word because this was written in, in Greek and, um, and and puts it on a, a meaning um, if you like it's, a, it's, a, it's not just a translation it, it, it puts, the, puts it in a context and I love the way that Strong's Concordance you, um, builds the word self-control there's two phrases Well, one word and one phrase. One of them is mastery and the other one is strong in a thing. Mastery and strong in a thing. Now, when I read that, I thought, I love that. I love the word mastery more than I love the word self-control because it then related to me and it made me think of other scriptures that really came to mind. See, mastery is having control of your own spirit, soul and body. I think it puts a slightly different spin on. Self-control to me has a sense of, well, it's always putting you down. Mastery is actually about liberating yourself. It's not being a slave. You're, you're a master and not a slave. You're the head and not the tail. <laughs> it's allowing... The grace of Jesus to, to be exercised in us. That's mastery. The flesh in us, you know, those th- that which is residing in us that's that's n- that's not, you know, it's not the Spirit hasn't really finished working on yet. <laughs> the flesh wants wants to let let things go out of control because it it, it wants pleasure. Must to please itself. Holy Spirit wants us to exercise mastery of our flesh and utilize our, our passions and our appetites in a righteous way that bears fruit. So that's that's mastery. Um, you know, there are many ways that that, that, um, that passions and appetites can be can be demonstrated, can be can be exhibited. Um, and I'd, I I, sort of, I thought I'd perhaps mention one or two because I don't want it I don't want just again to just to be too closed in our thinking. You know things like food and drink can be in excess. There can be there can be a perversion in the way that food and drink is used. Anger is another one. An anger that's out of control. Um, sex is another one. Sex that is out of control or is 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 inappropriate. Um, Pornography is another one. Gambling is another one. There might even be addictions in these things. And it, it could be, you know, if there's a clinical condition, then you should seek treatment. <laughs> because they can become really, you know, addictive. But, but also, don't, don't lose the fact that the Holy Spirit can really minister to you. mastery means to me it means this that in that time of temptation which in my experience is often well i don't know i don't want to put precise time in it seconds you have you have a window of time which in my experience is often seconds to exercise mastery over the temptation <laughs> and it can be it's, it's a choice, first of all, and it's often a choice to close the book, switch the channel, turn the iPad off, switch off that, that web page, or whatever it might be, or not buy that food, or you know, or not respond in an angry way to what somebody is saying to you. It's those few seconds when you need to exercise mastery, and you need to fl- switch on the grace switch of the Holy Spirit that to me in my experience and that's all I can speak of because I'm speaking to you in my experience that's what you need to do that's what you know it's, it's a matter of you know, sometimes it's, some, it, it's almost a matter of withdrawing and saying closing your eyes and saying no 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 hang on um, I can the grace of God is sufficient in this situation I'm master of this situation. I'm the head and not the tail. I choose to do something different here. Let me just say one or two other things. Again, this is just from personal experience. Be particularly watchful in your leisure time and when you're tired. Because that's the time I'm probably tempted most. When you're at work... When you're, you know, when you're at school, when you're in, your, in whatever you're doing, you, when your mind is active, it's kind of often better. It's when you sort of relax and switch off and all sorts of things start coming to you. That's the time to be watchful. The other thing I'd say is study and know the Bible well. You know, what, what did Jesus do when he was tempted? He quoted the word of God back to Satan. It's a great the sword of the spirit. You know, wield the sword of the spirit. It's really sharp and active. Take that! You know. (laughs) Another useful tip, and I've particularly when I was a young believer, I I used this. We used to have those wrist wristbands. W W J D. What would Jesus do? What would Jesus do in this situation? what would Jesus do if he was sitting next to you watching the TV with you at the moment you know or on the computer with you well actually he is just that you can't see him he's living inside of you so it's again I just find that a useful useful tip sometimes' just hang on hang on <laughs> Jesus is here Holy Spirit, you know let's just Let's just take, uh, let's choose liberty and righteous living here. I've got two scriptures and I'm pretty much done. One is, Galat- I haven't put these up, so they're really simple, but if you want to look at it, please do. Galatians 5, Galatians 5 incidentally, most of this is coming from Galatians 5. If you want to study Galatians 5, you'll get a lot of this. It's really helpful. Galatians 5 verse 1. This to me sums it up. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Because the the things that sometimes our flesh screams out at us is actually not freedom, not liberty, it's slavery. It's slavery to a... Um, to something that wants to control us. It's not freedom. For liberty is all about, actually, I have freedom to make choices. And that's what Jesus brought for us. That's what he won. He purchased sin so that we could be free. Truly free and not, not, not slaves to anything. Not slaves to ourselves, to our flesh, to Satan, to, to other people. Um... You know, and I praise God for for, for campaigns um, and, and, and things like I think it's A21, isn't it, and others that you know anti slex trade um, campaigns and things like that because it's it's using um, it's using sex as a means of slavery. That's not godly. Praise God for and there's some great campaigns that go on, uh, and I know I think you some of it was done. At, you talked about it to Bradford, wasn't it? Was that one I think? Uh, You know, it's great that these things are are being, you know, really rising up. And finally, verse 13, Galatians 5. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use your liberty as an opportunity for the flesh. But through love, serve one another. I had a conversation um, very recently with someone. Um, and it, it, it's sort of, it, wasn't, it didn't relate to this person, but it's something that they'd heard. And it went something like this. If Father God loves us unconditionally, then surely I can do what I like. Because Father God will still love me the same way. Now that's true, but that actually, that's not a representation of what Father wants for us because he knows that's not the best way for us to live. We have the capability within us, by the Holy Spirit, to choose to live righteously and not be slaves to anything. As we sometimes say, I know occasionally it comes up, um, Father God loves us unconditionally, but he actually loves us so much that he doesn't leave us where we are. that probably is the full phrase that is best to use. You know, he loves us so much. If, you, if your son or your daughter, if you saw your son and daughter trapped in some um, situation that couldn't break free of, you would probably do all you could to actually set, to get, enable them to be set free. You know, if, if you had a son or daughter that was addicted to drugs, a, it would break your heart. B, you'd pay anything you could. C, you'd pray all the time that there would be a freedom from a yoke of slavery. And that's Father God's heart towards us as well. That's why, that's why the, you know, this scripture says, you've been called to liberty. Do not use your liberty as an opportunity to, for the flesh. Okay, I'll finish. Let me just uh, repeat verse 24 because I think this sums it all up. Those who belong to Jesus Christ have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Perhaps you'd like to stand with me, I'm going to pray. Because I think... <clears throat> You know, we all need to, uh, we can all be tempted. Nobody's immune from temptation. Jesus was tempted. It's how we respond that's the key. Oh, Father. Father, you pr- uh, the, the, the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, the model prayer said this, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Father, we pray that for ourselves. We ask you, Father, that you will give us strength. You will help us to switch on that grace switch so the grace of God can flow in our lives in moments of temptation. Father, we choose to live righteously and rightly. Holy Spirit, please, will you come and fill us up that we may produce and exhibit Fruits. Come, Holy Spirit. Just receive Him. Breathe Him in for a moment. Just breathe Him in. Receive Him. Come, Holy Spirit. Come. Come. We receive you. We receive you. Thank you. Thank you. Mm. thank you my other instruction is this walk in the spirit every day it's sort of easy here sitting in a building when you're surrounded by other believers you had a great worship time walk in the spirit every moment every day and if you grieve the Holy Spirit just own up And ask him to forgive you. And then ask him to fill you up. Because don't forget that bit. (laughs) Ask him to fill you again. And if you have a prayer partner, you know, one of the things that, I think it was Paul also, might have been one of the other writers, but what Paul also wrote was this. Confess your sins to one another. Now you don't want to, I don't want anybody coming up the front here and saying, I sinned this way this week. You know, that's not what it means. (laughs) It means this: you have somebody who you trust and honour, and perhaps perhaps a prayer partner who you can, in confidence, share your weaknesses with, so that they can pray with you and support you every day. Because you know, love covers a multitude of sins. That's what it, that's what love means. That's that's what that means. It, love will cover that, and the prayer will cover it, and will will cause that that to be turned around for good. So Father, we just thank you. We thank you that you are loving, that you're gracious, that we love walking with your Holy Spirit. We love living life with you. So please help us, in Jesus' name. Help us to be fruitful in all that we do. Amen. Amen. Thank you.